We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. AJ, Rudo, and Megan coming to you after the Avs lose in overtime 3-2. Evens the series at 2 to the Seattle Kraken. Uh, It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be free for Colorado. They're going to have to earn the W in this series I think the Avs left a lot on the table tonight. We'll we'll put it that way, and we can get into the 60-second rundown. And then we'll actually talk about it after that. The less said, the better about the first period. It was very bad for Colorado. They just can't do that to themselves and expect good results. You're at that point with it now. They give up two goals early in the first period. And while they do play marginally better as the period goes on, they still just were significantly worse than Seattle in the first. The second period, I don't think was terrible. I also don't think it was a particularly good period from Colorado. But Miko Rantanen can just pull two goals out of nowhere. And somehow the Avs are tied after two periods where I believe they were the significantly worse team. Third period, a little bit scrappy both ways. It felt like two teams not wanting to make that next mistake. By the end of the third, the ice looked like it was a nightmare. It's still 2-2 after three. Georgiev did come up with some big saves in that stretch. And then in overtime, Josh Manson takes a penalty and the Avs lose. Simple as that. 3-2 final. Um, Rewind it back to the first period here. Because my question is... You've seen it in three out of the four games. Uh, You could make an argument for four out of the four. I don't think game three start was really that bad. So certainly three out of the four games. What? How do they fix this? I think it's a mentality thing, man. You just got to be ready to play. You got to be engaged, ready to go from the start. Okay. That is as simple as, as just get going on time. Yeah. Agree, Megan? You're you're thinking hard over there. Well, I'm struggling with it because AJ's correct. That is the problem. But they're seasoned professionals who know they need to get up for these games. It's really difficult to imagine why that's not clicking into game four. I can sure. make some allowances for game one. I think that there was some pressure and some noise that they were needing to tune out. But game four... Unless that's still the case, like unless they are still trying to tune out some background noise that has been a distraction, I just can't really justify 
why they're not starting games on times. And it's not just the very start of the game, but starting periods too, I think has yeah. been a struggle for them in general. But AJ's correct. The solution is they need to be hungry from the drop of the puck, but I think everyone in that room knows that. So I'm just not sure what's clicking. It's, and I, and I do want to give credit to Seattle here. They have come out and started these games hard. They're not out there floating around. They're out there pushing the abs at every turn, certainly in, in early in games. So they've made it count as often as they can. And again, tonight, a goal in the first four minutes of the hockey game. <sighs> Another one that stems from a turnover a little bit beforehand. Seattle moves the puck around. If there's, if you had to pick one goal that you didn't love from Georgiev tonight, I think it's probably the first one. Uh, yeah, definitely. You would love a save there, and, and we're not going to get on Georgiev tonight. We'll talk about him more later. But that one you would you would love to have just to keep the Avs at 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah. Give them a chance to wake up and get into this game a little bit. It doesn't happen. And then the first half of this game, or rather this period, is the new hook call a little bit soft maybe? But the Avs have to do a better job of keeping themselves out of the penalty box. No, yeah, absolutely. Even as good as their PK has been. God, absolutely, dude. It's you're just well, you just can't continue your to own give grave. another team. Yep. Opportunity after opportunity, and one of the big things with their with their PK, why it had been so good before this game, was they would win the faceoff, they would clear it down the ice, and that would force Seattle to have to skate the length and set up in the zone. And uh, you look at tonight, they scored two power play goals. That's not the case on either one of them. They don't require a setup. They win the, they win the face off and possess it. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's how they get it going. Yep. And that's, that's for me, I think that's a huge part of it. Uh, that, you know, that aspect of it where you have done such a great job in this series of preventing them from setting up. Uh, in the first place, it's easy to be like, oh, look how many shots they didn't give up. But it's not like the puck's being passed around and they're not shooting it. They, they've just not been able to get into it. And the Avs just continue to put another NHL team in an advantageous situation. Yeah, And I mean, you're talking, you know, it's not, any, you know, you're, you do it again on your own power play. They've yeah. shortened their Kale McCarr himself. Yep. Has shortened two avalanche power plays in the last two games by taking penalties while up a man. And that's, you know, you look at that and you, you're, it's just like. You're doing this to yourself. Yeah. You're doing it to yourself. And that's the problem. It, it's, it's a weird spot to be in because because of that, you have faith that if the Avs play better, they still very much can win games like this, can win the series. But you're into game four and you're watching them continue to do this to themselves again and again and again. Yeah. And it's it's something that you expected to get cleaned up. It hasn't yet. And you're at a point now where the series is the best of three and it's either clean it up or you're in trouble. Well, especially because Seattle is also learning from their own mistakes. For and you sure. can see some of the real-time corrections that they made to their game one of those being all right abs have a terrific penalty kill they were just taking shots off the draw and they were then going after the puck in a chase and 
able to win those battles and sustain more pressure than they were before because of the shots off the draw. They also had a much better night at the face-off dot. And this was one edge that the Evs had before this was through the face-off circle that they lost tonight. They honestly lost a lot of their edge in a couple different areas tonight, want that being one of them. Yeah. And this is because Seattle probably went back, watched a lot of film. Every draw that was taken through the series so far learned habits even more so based on this series and incorporated it into their game in such a way that they won the face-off battle tonight and it made a big difference. Yep. And the, the possession numbers to me almost aren't even worth looking at in this game. Not because they're not representative, but just because the Avs were very clearly on the wrong side of them for the entire game, really. Even even the second period where they get the goals and they're they're engaged in the game, Seattle is still the one possessing the puck tonight. And the Avs just really, through certainly the first two periods, I think struggled to find consistent possession of the puck at all. And a lot of that is what Seattle's doing. They're very aggressive on pucks. They're constantly forcing the Avs into battles, and the Avs were losing a lot of them. So you need better from Colorado, but you can also tip the hat to Seattle a little bit on that front. Yeah, I mean, they came out engaged and competitive, and the Avs just kind of let that happen again. Yep. It's uh, just frustrating. Definitely frustrating. Colorado does, has done such a poor job of helping themselves in this series. Yep. Uh, of just, you know, because Seattle, Seattle's path to success is they want to get out. They want to score first. They want to build a lead. They want to they want to grind. And uh, especially when it's a two nothing game, like they get to play from ahead all game long, you know, and, and then when they even even when you do tie it, you know, it's still mucky, mucky, mucky. Yeah. yeah, you don't really build much momentum out of it. Uh, they don't really build that much. And they just. Oh man, it's, it's just this. This was a game that I think is way more concerning than Game One. Game One, agree. you played terrible hockey. Yeah, and in this game, you don't really play terribly. You just, I think they played pretty terribly. I mean, I, in think, the first. I think you just get your ass kicked, and I yeah. think it has way more to do with Seattle okay. beating you tonight than and and the Avs did. The Avs did a lot to to beat to, to shoot yeah. themselves in the foot. Put themselves in certain kind of positions, you know. Uh, obviously, all the PKs. Yeah. You're just you have you take four penalties in the first, kind of in the first period, like three definitely in the first one period, that and then over, yeah, yeah, one that starts the second period on a PK. It's it's tough. All right, it really is. This is a. Uh, I, for me, this is easily the most concerning of the four games of the series because I think Seattle just kicked your ass tonight. I'm I'm willing to look at it that way with understanding that I know the Avs can play significantly better than they did for long stretches of this hockey game. Yeah. And but you got to fight through when you don't have the A yeah, game. You've got to win. Of course. And you, you have, have to, to be find better. ways to win in yep. the postseason when you don't have the well, A game. And this is the this is the B game. Maybe a so the, let me, maybe a C plus game. Let me ask you this then. Is it encouraging that the Avs had opportunities to win this game or is it discouraging that they didn't find a way to convert them? It's absolutely encouraging. Okay. I mean, dude, you once again enter a third period, a tie third period. You end up going into overtime like it's there for you. Yep. You go back and you watch it. 
like they could have easily won that thing in overtime. They they started out overtime quite well. Yep. Uh, up until the PK, up until Josh Manson makes an awful read. Yep. Uh, trips Jaden Schwartz, who then has a literal dive <laughs> to to sell it to the referees, and then you you know you you just get beat on the PK. Yep. At that point, I mean, it, they had it's it's you could definitely take positives out of this. Like, yeah, for it's not sure. Like they don't exist. Game one was the game that I thought. There oh was God, very this little. Been yeah. this. There's definitely several positives. One of which, without jumping the gun, is Alexander Georgiev. Yep. Not like in a game where they just didn't respond to deflating moments very well. Georgiev responded by coming up with important saves, especially in that second period where mm -hmm. this game could have been lost for the Colorado Avalanche. I think that gives them the chance to get the tying goals that they eventually get because Georgiev plays well through that. I think the third period, there's a late push from the Avs where they start to look more like themselves. Passes are connecting that carries into the start of overtime, wherein very beginning of that overtime period, they controlled possession, created some chances. They looked like the team that had it until they didn't because of the penalty. Yeah. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later. First, we have to talk about another penalty. Kale McCarr's hit on Jared McCann. Uh, okay, obviously, injury sucks. You never want to see anyone get injured. I genuinely hope Jared McCann is healthy and ready to go for game five. Don't know that that will happen, but... Don't know what's wrong with them. Yeah. But seeing the injured players sucks. Full stop. With that being said, they reviewed it. They did not call it a major. I think that's the correct call for me. The two-minute minor there is is accurate. Yeah, this talk of him being suspended, I for what exactly? I don't... Because I Jared McCain got hurt? Yeah. Because if you go and you listen to it live, there's no whistle. Yep. So there's nothing that tells Kale McCarr, hey, stop playing. He doesn't know where the puck is. Nobody does because if the refs knew where it was and it was out of play, they would have blown the whistle. Yep. So uh, you can you can take umbrage with the fact that he just smokes a guy who doesn't have the puck. Yeah. And it's rightfully called a two-minute penalty. I'm good with that. So I, I don't have any issues here. With the two minutes, with the two minute being called a penalty, I just, it is, it's interference. Yep. Guy doesn't have the puck and he goes in and drills that dude. But anything beyond this is actually insane. I, my, I don't think you can make any reasonable argument that it is a major and, and the ref's got it right. Yeah, and they reviewed there's, it. There's nothing that says it's suspendable. Yep. A, a guy getting hurt on a on a on a hit like that is not. That's not why you suspend a guy. It was it was penalized in 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 the game. It's reviewed. I, there's just nothing there that says it's a suspension. Yeah. It, it's it, it it's interference. It's two minutes. Megan, same boat. Okay. It's. You can argue whatever you want, but not only is this the correct call just on principle, but they also have a track record of in the playoffs, not not just these playoffs with the hit on Joe Pavelski in the Dallas-Minnesota series that the exact same situation happened. Pavelski was injured. Was it a late hit? Absolutely. Was it a, a headshot or intent to injure? No, it wasn't. They got that call right. We talked 
for ages on end last year about the Sam Gerard hit. Yeah. Where it sucks that Sam Gerard got hurt. Is it late? Yeah, maybe. But it definitely wasn't more than a two-minute yeah, minor. It's late, and it was predatory, and he hits him like a ton of bricks, man. It was... And even, and even that, we're saying, yeah, it's not suspendable. Yeah. So. I don't know if I'm recalling the Dumba hit incorrectly, but I thought there was something a little predatory about the Pavelski. I Dumba also thought that was hit. a predatory hit. Okay. Just to, like, differentiate yeah. between this, which I'm still struggling with, because I honestly go back to uh, Carter and McCart earlier this year, and my feeling that persists of intent versus taking accountability of where your body is on the ice. And there's still a little bit of that equation here, but it's just because I'm not exactly sure where the main point of contact was that made this so painful for McCann. There's something about the way he goes down to the ice that I think is what injured him the most here that I feel like I need to see it again. Yeah. I don't think McCarr had malicious intent. I think because the whistle hadn't been blown, he wasn't totally clear on where the puck is like you're yeah. saying and that makes a really big difference here in comparison to Pavelski Dumba and Gerard and Barbashev to be honest yeah. like they're they're really it, different in my eyes but I still have a concern for Jared McCann I think course. everyone shares yeah. in that sentiment too absolutely and and point being even more than that this Kale McCarr hit should be a minor and nothing more if if there's an argument that those other ones are predatory I don't see how you can make a case that this Makar hit was predatory. I, I really don't either. Way. No, I, I think he was handling business as usual on ice. That's a check that he should engage in because he thinks McCann has the puck. Yeah. And for a good reason, the whistle hasn't been blown. Yep. Or at very least, they couldn't hear it. I, you know. I mean, you hear it live. Like, you heard the replay live. They played it. And the there audio, was no And there's no whistle. For sure. And so you're not you're not looking at it and being like, okay, the play stops. And yeah. he just he just goes in and like crushes that guy. It just It's not how it happened. Yeah, McCarr yeah, said I he just, didn't really know where the puck was. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean nobody does. Jared McCann doesn't know either. Yep. But they definitely got the call, right? Like this definitely is a call. And that's what McCart reiterates. I think the frustration with the call is that nothing was going to happen until McCann was hurt. That yeah, they they were not going. There to was call no penalty. arm yep. up. There was no yeah, inclination of anything until McCann was hurt, and they were like, "Well, I guess we should call something," because he hurt him. And you watch guys finish their check behind plays all the time. Yeah. And and this one maybe it, it certainly looked like McCann wasn't ready for the contact. Definitely. But. It's the playoffs. And like it or not, plays like that happen a lot more often in the playoffs. You're saying it's the playoffs not to excuse predatory hitting, but to say guys are more committed to finishing their checks. Exactly. In the postseason, yeah. Uh, Anyway, on that note, you can go play some sports as well that maybe aren't quite as dangerous to your health. With Volo Sports, they're the largest social sports company in the United States. DNVR gang has a bowling league going. They actually went out and bowled tonight. You know, we we kind of had an abs game, so we weren't in on that. But we have a gang that goes out in Cherry Creek and bowls through Volo. Uh, you can go join them if you want. You can sign up as a free agent if you don't have a team. You get the Volo Pass, which is a monthly membership that gives unlimited access to all sports events and social activities every night. They have all sorts of stuff. Unlimited pickups, drop-ins. They even have tournaments. It's 20 bucks a month or 200 bucks a year. Uh, you can also test it out, their beta version, for 10 bucks for the first three months. Uh, 
They have tons of stuff to do. Tons of sports, tons of leagues all over the state. Lodo, Rhino, Uptown, City Park, Highlands, Sloan's Lake, Cherry Creek, DU, Inglewood, Arvada, Aurora, Northfield, even more than that. So go get your Volo Pass. Start playing some sports today and make sure you use code DNVR10 for 10% off at volosports.com slash Denver. Also brought to you by the fantastic people over at Fubo TV. It happened again tonight. The early game went into overtime. And if you're watching the national cast, you have all sorts of problems trying to watch the avalanche. You would have no problems if you use Fubo TV. They've got altitude. <laughs> you would not have a problem this round. Yeah. Because sure. the games are on altitude and because altitude dropped the exclusivity. Yeah. The TBS true TV thing is a problem on Fubo. It is. But it's a fair thing. as long as altitude is still there, you're good. Yep. The weird, the, the weird part about it. Yep. Altitude being the saving grace here. It's funny how that works out sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you can check them out at FuboTV.com slash DNVR or use that QR code right on screen. When you use the DNVR code, you get 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. And it's not just Altitude. They have tons of other channels, 140 channels of regular television, movies. They have ESPN. Uh, you got tons of options with Fubo. So go check them out today again at FuboTV.com slash DNVR. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I, the second period wasn't anywhere near as bad as the first for Colorado. No. I still don't think it was a good period for the Colorado Avalanche. With that being said, it doesn't take a great period for a couple of great plays to happen. On a night where it felt like for a lot of it, Miko was just going through the motions, not playing a ton of his best hockey. He still is able to come up big for the Avs. Scores two goals. The first one is all world level skill to one hand catch a pass on his backhand side, get it to himself to the middle of the ice and finish the play. Are, are we are we giving Miko a tip of the cap tonight? Or are we saying, hey, two awesome plays that worked out for you is great, but we need a more consistent effort? I think it's fair to ask for a more consistent effort just because this isn't the first game where a little bit more was needed from everyone, but Miko hasn't quite looked like his regular season self because I actually think where Miko Rantanen found a lot of his stride through the regular season was inconsistency. And I think that has been missing a little bit through these games. Like tonight, it's important that he shows up in the second period the way that he does. I don't think it should rest solely on his shoulders. And I also want to acknowledge the challenges of playing on this sort of jumbled top six wherein he is on a line that is sometimes with Matt Nieto and that is not to knock Matt Nieto but that is going to limit the Miko Rantanen that we're going to get so I'm sort of talking myself through it out loud that I do want more for Miko Rantanen but I also understand why we haven't quite seen it yet there have been some mental lapses though in Miko Rantanen's game definitely leading up to this that concern me that I, I want him to sort of work through that a little bit I think it's getting better too but if I'm evaluating his series as a whole, that's where I think there's definitely left wanting. Okay. Yeah, I, goals are great. He deserves praise for them. We'll talk about the second one in a second. Um, 
but it's it's about a level of consistency for me right now for Colorado because they've shown they showed it in game two bad first period they can come out and play better hockey we know they can do that it's about doing it more consistently so you win hockey games or at very least put yourself in better situations to have a chance to win hockey games and I just don't think you've gotten enough out of Miko. Now, to be fair, McKinnon has zero shots on goal tonight. Also doesn't really give you anything. It, can the Avs win when they're getting a performance like that out of Nathan McKinnon, AJ? Uh, it's real, 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 real hard. Because the thing about being a team that's top-heavy is the guys at the top have to play. They have to be they difference have to makers. Do it. Yep. Uh, and Miko, you know, Megan's 100% correct. You want a more consistent effort there. The goals are great. The goals are the point. Like, you can't just gloss over the fact that he has all of your offense tonight. But, yeah, no, I mean, it, yep. you need better from him. You need way better from beginning. Yep. I mean, it's just, it's not an effort thing. No, it's he's, not like he's, he's not out trying. there trying, but... It's it's also this is what life is like when you are the center of attention. Yep. Uh for a team's game plan where they say we're okay if Miko Rantanen can beat us, if Kale McCarr can beat us from defense like we're okay, we can live with all this. We're stopping this guy and we're going to make everybody else try and figure it out. Because more than ever McKinnon is just with the injuries and with with Nichushkin not being available um right now you're talking about you're talking about a situation where McKinnon's McKinnon's job is is more important than ever. It's also harder than ever. Yep. You know, uh, breaking up the lines, you take Miko away from him. Yep. You know, you put in Evan Rodriguez, who really, really struggled in this he, game. Offensively, just who nothing seems, was working. Who for seems him. to be just riding the ultimate roller coaster? Yeah, time, he's going yeah. from having really good games to really bad games, and there's not like a can we get a middle ground here out of Evan Rodriguez? But uh, can the Avs win with Nate playing like that? It's going to be really tough. Well, and really tough to reinforce that point. You look at the Avs bottom six tonight. I don't think they played terribly. Yeah, I really don't. I but agree. you look at it and the level of ability to produce offense. There's just not a lot there. Well, and, and you you kind of put yourself into this position a little bit when you play your fourth line five to seven minutes. Yep. You kind of you kind of are saying you're limiting them and what they can do, right? Like yeah. you're, and especially because it's not a classic grind line. These are all a little more offensively oriented guys, uh, and, and you're you're not trusting them. You're not justifiably or not. It doesn't matter. It's just you make you you make it so that your third line has to be a line that produces. And if everybody was healthy in an ideal world. Your third line would be your fourth line. Looks very different, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's a really, I think, important distinguishing factor when you talk about the bottom six and the depth and whatever. Like, Matt Nieto's playing on your second line. I, I continue to think that this defeats the purpose. Yeah. Uh, because we saw multiple times tonight, Magneto up the ice with the puck, and the play just dies offensively. And, yeah, and it ends up going the other direction. It's tough. Like you, you really just, you really just aren't going to accomplish a lot with Magneto on that line. Uh, I understand you. You're doing it for defensive responsibility. He's trusted. Uh, he's not going to make big mistakes for you. 
But, I mean, when you do have a guy, I mean, I'm not even going to sit here and just say Alex Newick, but you have Dennis Morgan right there. Yeah. The guys that have produced points for you this year, guys that have scored some goals for you this year, and you're taking them away from an offensive situation. And I just, to me, it just seems like they have challenges with no Nachushkin, and they're making it a little harder on themselves. I think, too, Malgin in particular came to Colorado with a reputation of being a defensive liability, and I actually think he has been fine. I don't want to tout praises for his defensive game, but I think it's been fine, and in the playoffs, actually, he's been among hit le- hits leaders. Like He is trying to up that side of his game in a big way that I do have to wonder if they sacrifice so much defensively in having a De- Dennis Mogan there with the reward obviously being the skill upside that exists. And my my overarching concern is that the Avs seem to be acting in response to Seattle instead of having a game plan that is one step ahead of what Seattle has to offer. McKinnon has a terrific game three. They obviously come out to dispatch a way to shut down Nathan McKinnon. They're not prepared for that. Nathan McKinnon is not prepared that they are going to come out especially to shut him down. They recognize that Seattle comes out, out the puck drop, extremely hot. They don't have an answer for that, though. And Seattle just continues to carry on in this way. Seattle has a terrific heavy forecheck. They know they need to win more battles, but they're still behind on the play. Like, they are just getting caught just one second behind. They're chasing. They're chasing. And this is a team that is so much better prepared than this, but they are playing one step behind Seattle. And you look at that, and I do think it's fair to question the game plan to combine both of y'all's thoughts. Matt Miato on the second line makes a ton of sense if you're scoring the first goal and getting up early. Then you have a responsible defensive guy on your second line that can hold things together. But when you're spotting Seattle the first goal of the game every single night, you need a little get up and go. You need some offense that can drive forward for you to pitch in there. And look... Matt Nieto is a great NHL player. He has a role that he's very good at. He will be strong defensively. He can skate very well. He has a little bit of offense, but he does not have second-line caliber offense. Yeah, It's just the reality. And, you know, maybe Dennis Mulligan doesn't either. Maybe Alex Newhook doesn't either. But you can at least give that a try. You can at least take a look at it. Yeah, and I think when you are when you do have the really slow start and you do end up down 2 nothing. I mean, you are... I think I think Bedner kind of retreats into the coach safety blanket as yeah. most coaches do, where he's like, I don't want this to get worse. Yep. So he's not going to get, especially early in the game, he's not going to get aggressive with that. But it is interesting to see that, you know, we were talking at the end of the year, like Dennis Morgan is scoring goals through the very end of the regular season, and it has earned him nothing, zero. <laughs> yep. Zero goodwill trying to get into a lineup where he might be able to help them on offense. You know, next to next to Comfer and Rantanen, uh, is Dennis Morgan really a significantly worse option than Matt Nieto? I, I just well, and and, and to, to reiterate what Megan said, it's it's not it's not about Nieto being bad right. or anything. Just you know who Matt Nieto is. Yep. You know who Matt Nieto isn't. So, and, and like, like ultimately, like, we're picking some nits here. Oh, absolutely. We're talking about, like, the left wing on the second line. Uh, you know, yeah. you're, you're trying to make hay there, but really, like, 
you need you need a better game out of Arturi Lekkinen. You need a better game yep. out of Evan Rodriguez. Yep. You need a better game out of Nathan McKinnon. Oh, that's your top line. Yep. You need you need a better game out of Kale McCarr. I agree. You, for my money, this was the quietest game that we've seen in this series out of Bo Byram. Um, sure. Regardless of how you feel about the second line and the forward depth of the whatever, Colorado's defense is its ability to activate offensively is an enormous part of, of Colorado's do, yeah. offensive success. And they just need those guys, you know, and they, they need the, they just need those guys to, to help. I yep. mean, they just, you just do. It's look, and, you, and your defense gives you one assist tonight. I, I don't know who has. So I Tiff, who had the, who had the second assist on the first goal. I don't. Rodriguez. It was Erod. Okay. It was Erod. But Byram actually, he. I think if I'm thinking of this play correctly, he applied pressure, um, and McKinnon got it up to Erod. Erod carried it into McKinnon. So Byram was a part of that play in his own end. Yeah. He applied pressure to force the turnover that McKinnon was able to take advantage of. And that's huge. And you you see the difference. You see that's. All it takes is one shift for Colorado in transition to yeah. get out into space, and, and they can in beat the back you of like the net. that. Yeah. yeah, but again, look who look who who finishes that. Miko. It's McKinnon and Rantanen yep. on the ice at Your the two same best time. Players oh yeah, together. that's no accident. That pass like, from McKinnon to Rantanen, yeah. right? It's it, you might just be better served knocking off the experience, just saying with no vow, just ride with the big dogs, with no yeah. vow, put them together and just live or die with you their get whatever success. you get out of comfort. If, Erod, if Val whoever, is able to yeah. return and sometime during the series, well, then you have that conversation. Then yeah. you can go back and try this again because it makes sense on paper when you kind of have that extra guy there Yep, lacking that guy. I, you know, no Val, maybe put them back together because you need to be, you need to be able to generate offense. You, you just, well, and their other, get it going a little. their other goal tonight comes on the power play. It Miko made it significantly harder than it had to mm -hmm. be. Uh, yeah. Passes up an open net, but ultimately gets the job done. So what are you going to say about it? it? When you're talking about your best players, it's about a, a rising tide raises all ships, right? If your big players are doing more, there's more for the players below them. The yeah. more space is created all the way down the lineup. Oh my God! Are you talking about hockey's trickle down economics? <laughs> well, it might actually work in hockey, but I would say it does. <laughs> uh, it's. I love that I'm being told to relax. You seem pretty calm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do seem calm. Yeah. You must be new here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and look, despite. Not playing their best. One of the biggest positives, yes, the Avs got back into this game. It was mm -hmm. a 2-2 game after the second period. Yeah. There were genuine opportunities for Colorado to win this hockey game in the third. Yeah. Unfortunately, they didn't execute well enough. Yeah, they, you know, I think the big one, um, the, the two that really stood out to me late in the third. JT, the JT Comper, you've got yeah. to get it on that at least, Especially man. for yeah. a guy that people love to tout his... Clutch factor is this thing that you love about JT, right? And he doesn't even put that thing on net. Center of the ice. I mean, it's it's good a scoring chance. Uh, it's the same scoring chance that he blows at the start of overtime in game five two years ago against Vegas. Yeah. That he shoots into Marc-Andre Fleury's chest when he had 60% of the net. 
Yep. It's the same thing. He blows that same opportunity. Uh, and that sucks. Like, that's the one that you're like, that's the one. And, I, and the other one, the other one, lesser expectation because of who it's involved, but Andrew Cogliano. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to call out Logan O'Connor, who no, did get who, it on net. No, yeah, he, no, he, he did, did everything. The three. He did everything I wanted. Yeah. LOC is, is the perfect child there. <laughs> uh, but no, it's like you look at those missed opportunities. You look at the start of overtime. Yeah, again, the Avs yeah. played really well. And, and what kills them is a self-inflicted mistake at the end. I mean, it's once again, you have, you have done a bad you are even at the blue line, and Josh Manson just gets absolutely lit on fire. Well, and you, you're watching it live, and you're like, what's his read here? Yep. Why is his Where is he so going? Big? Yep. Why is he so tight to the middle of the ice? They don't, need, they don't need him there. That guy clearly has a step on him. That guy, it's it, everything about the read that Josh Manson makes there is the problem. Like, yep. it's a bad read, and he's not fleet of foot enough to make up for it and then he trips the guy and I'm I'm sorry but if you don't think that's an actual dive he literally makes a diving move he looks like if you just cut out a silhouette of him he looks like a fucking dolphin <laughs> he he is diving people when people get tripped in the NHL the leg they have weight on gets pulled out from under them and they fall over he comes, he puts both his feet together yeah. and jumps off yeah. the ice. And does this little, like, bunny hop. <laughs> boo, 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 boo. And you're just like, it's tripping. It is 100% sure. a penalty on Josh Manson. Like, 100%. Oh, yeah. That is a penalty. But I'm sorry, if that is not the exact definition of what diving should be. What are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing here? He dove. It's a and and I asked Rudo right before we went live. I said, "How big a balls does the ref have to have to call that?" I mean, I. I but also, do you in in the in the world of referee public accountability? You could say in, in watch that replay with him and just say, "Come on, what what happened here? What more needs to be done and, to call a dive on a and, guy?" And here's, uh, I will always use this disclaimer before I talk about the refs. The refs did not lose this game for Colorado. They lost it themselves. It's one hundred percent on and, them. And again, Josh Manson trips him. And but you also it is a penalty. You also watched a third period where. Both sides are just mugging each other the entire yeah. period. Dudes are grabbing people by the face. Dudes are just crushing everyone. The refs had decided to put the whistles away. And, and like, the Avs got a third period penalty yeah. or power play. On a high stick to the face, which yeah. they have to call. Right, but, but, like, they got one. Yep. I just, I, I just, what kills me is, and, and very, very, very rarely do I assert that a player dives. It's just not a thing. Unless they literally die. But the, the guy... <laughs> the guy literally puts his feet together and just goes for a swim. What the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm, I'm not going to harp on it. It really... It's tripping. The problem is Manson. Yep. You can't... And, and he makes another bad decision. Yep. And he gets you, beat. You got one game where he doesn't commit a penalty. Yep. 
Counter is back to zero. Um, we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Look, if you're, a, if you're a Doomer or a Seattle fan, you can put your money where your mouth is. You'll get good odds on Seattle to win two of the next three to win this series. You will still get good money over DraftKings Sportsbook on that. So go check it out. When you sign up, use the DNVR code. You get $5 bet. Put it on anything. You don't even have to win it. And you get $150 in free bets. So that's 150 bucks to play with. Do whatever you want. If you still believe in the ads, go put them on them. If you still believe that the abs are going to throw, go put it on the Kraken. If you think Nathan McKinnon's going to pop off on Wednesday, put it on him. Do whatever you want. Make it work for you. Go get your money with DraftKings. If you don't even want to bet on hockey, the Nuggets play tomorrow. Go bet on them to finish that series in five. That'd be cool. Be cool. So do all of that with DraftKings. When you go over there, you must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See the show notes down below for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And it's all void in Ohio. Uh, And then when you win a little bit of money, you can take it over to Illegal Pete's and get yourself a delicious burrito. A fantastic. (laughs) When you win a little bit of money. Yeah. You know, spend nine bucks on a burrito, right? You don't have to win a ton. I don't know how much burritos. You don't have to win a ton to go to the legal Pete's. That's what I'm saying. Uh, You get over there. You can pregame over there because let's face it. A lot of the way the abs are playing right now probably make you want to drink. So yeah, three to six p.m. Happy hour at illegal Pete's. They got delicious margaritas. Go check them out today. Highly recommend if you haven't been over there. Ten locations in Colorado. So if you live here, there's probably one near you. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, when you get into it, I I just I don't fault anyone for the game ending goal. Yeah, what are you gonna be mad at? Block shots. Yeah. Devontae's blocks a high danger shot. Yeah, Georgiev has to commit to that shot. It's from the most dangerous area you could possibly be on the ice. Yeah. And the puck just bounces directly to Jordan Eberle. And what are you going to do? Sometimes bounces don't go your way. Don't take the penalty in the first place and you're not in that situation. Yep. I, I don't have a, a ton more to say about that side of it. Our king of the game is it's Alexander Georgiev. It has to be. He, he took a game that easily could have been running away a blowout for Seattle. Yeah. And turned it into a game that the Avs had a chance to win. Yeah. I think what's frustrating is in the losses so far, you haven't felt like, hey, there are lots of guys that you could pick from, even though you lost this game. There are very few. This one yeah. was it was like Georgiev or Rantanen. Rantanen. And Rantanen, we even we talked about earlier, that's a complicated one. It doesn't play very well. Yep. It's it, it's tough when your your picks are so few in the losses. And that's that's where it's at for Colorado. It's yes, you can pick out this guy, that guy. <laughs> we have this retconning of the series about how the abs have been outplayed for two thirds of it is ridiculous. They were outplayed for four periods and then yeah. they dominated the second they, half they of have, game two abs, and all of game three, really. The abs won the games they deserve to win and they lost the games they deserve to lose. I would say that's this perfectly is, accurate. This, this series is exactly where. How they have played, each team has gotten the results that they deserved. Yep. Seattle easily in game one, yep. easily here in in yep. game four, and that's why we have Georgiev as king well, of the game because he's the he's the biggest reason why this thing got in, into it, the third period tied, why it got into overtime. 
is because it, yeah. he was great. Part of the frustration with tonight is the Evs didn't play well, and Georgiev said, hey, I'm giving you guys a chance to win yeah. this, and they couldn't do you it. You talk about you. sometimes you need a goalie to steal a game in a series. This would have been the obvious candidate where if he steals this, the Avs go back 3-1, knowing that they didn't play a very good game, but they got the win anyway. You feel really, 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 really good about their ability to win the series. Now you're in a best of three. Who knows? I still feel plenty fine that Colorado wins this series. Me too. But you're now halfway home to losing. Yep. So we'll see. Can the Avs stop making life hard for themselves, Megan? Is it possible? It's it's certainly possible. And just <laughs> to lay on more appreciation for Georgiev, that is a big part of it. They make his job more difficult. Seattle had sure do. more than double high danger chances than Colorado. Not only so did they win many. the shots battle, but they were having free reign on yep. Georgiev throughout this game, including what was a Lekin and turnover that required a huge save in the third period just to keep them in this. Yep. And that's, you know, a problem of their own creation. That's not to single out just Lekin. It's just things like that that Georgiev has had to defend against that I agree. The only goal I don't necessarily love is the very first goal. He overslides a bit. Yeah, on it's an it. overcommitment short side, but even still, it's the result of kind of a turnover, basically. Like, yeah, it was like 10 seconds beforehand, but it was definitely no, a turnover. No, certainly. That possession could have been stopped because Rantanen had the puck and Manson could have gone to collect where it ended up, but was just not in the right place. Anyways, yeah. I'm overanalyzing one single goal. Georgiev did a great job in this game. People were very conflicted on how to feel about him throughout points of it. And I think he's a significant reason they even stood a chance. Yep. It's I hate the first goal. I just hate I, it. I, I hate it, and I don't care because everything that happened I, after, he I, gives you two through regulation. I, right. That's his I job. Think at the end of the first period, you're saying, hey, Georgiev has to be better. And then he was. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you're talking about the, the abs are getting outscored how badly in the first period this series? It's not great, right? I would have to do all the math on the fly. And yeah, I, we always say don't don't do it's not math worth live it. it's on not air. Worth the yeah. risk. But you're getting you're getting outscored a lot in the first period and mm. almost not at all after that. Yep. The the two goals last game in the second period and then the overtime goal tonight. It, yeah, and, and then it's the like third it, goal in it's game in the three. ballpark of like four to twelve or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, after it's the first. like a, it's yeah. I I think it is because game one. It, it, it doesn't matter. Point yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Point is the on. first period, they've been bad. They've given up multiple goals multiple times, which has necessitated the multi-goal comebacks, which are hard to do, as we have seen in history. Yep. Uh, yeah. And that they were right there yep. is a testament to Georgiev. Yep. And I, for me, I, I mean, I feel like you just got beat tonight. Like, mm -hmm. I feel you just got beat by a team that just outplayed you. This was kind of the best case scenario for like this is by far the best that seattle has played oh and, and in the series you expected that tonight uh sure yeah i mean the first period going the way that it does i i wonder if that first goal doesn't go in for sure it, it, if colorado had a better it, start well and, and then the power play like doesn't that? spiral sure, yeah. yeah do they get into the death spiral in yeah. the first period if they if georgiev stops the one goal that i'm asking him to stop sure does it, it does how much does it but change? That's not the reality it, we it live in. So. May have changed absolutely nothing. Yeah. And the know. alternate reality, they're down four nothing at the first period. Could which be. they could have been. Yep. 
They got the shit kicked out of them in the first period. Yep. And then they scrapped from there. They still get outplayed, but they scrapped. Yep. It was a respectful scrapping and, you know, obviously their power play scores, which was inevitable. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you, you're really like, you're really just saying if you clean up the first period, yeah. moving forward the rest of the series, if you put them behind the eight ball, they they make them play from they behind. They still have not played very well from behind in, in all situations of this series that they've been behind. Yeah, they had the one obviously nineteen. You yeah. scored two goals in nineteen seconds, but process wise, we watched they just weren't. And they just they just haven't been very good when chasing this series. Yeah, and in the end of third periods, Colorado locked it down. If the Avs can get up one nothing in a first period. It could do wonders. They could turn around and score on the next shift, and it won't matter at all. We'll find out when we yeah, get there. I wish I knew what that was. What that looked like. <laughs> it, right, but You'd like it, to find out. You yeah. know, you the, this happened in the St. Louis series last year too. It did, where they had to scrap through those games because they got down. Yep, and they had to fight their way they through. Made They're life not hard for themselves. Yeah, they are not as good as yep. last year's team. I agree. They don't have the margin for error for coming back in the same way. They really, really, really need to. The kid's face just yeah, killed. I know. I know. It in the frame. It was. I looked up and he's just. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, they they don't need. Uh, they 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 don't have the capability to to come back in that same way. They need a better start. They just do. It, I think this is your big thing that you look at in this series. Just. Play better in the first periods, please. Yep. yep. And then if you get beat, you get beat. Agree. Like tonight, for me, tonight is a tip the cap game. They outplayed you. They played a very they played a very good game. They played that's as well as I think they can play. I agree and with they, that. And they beat you. And I think it, it, when another NHL team plays its A game and you lose to them, I'm gonna tip that cap. I don't care how well you played. Okay. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say can go good on you. Can you do it again? Because that's Definitely what Seattle with said. You on that. That's what Seattle said after Game Three. They yep. said, "Hey, their stars just came out and outplayed us. Good on them. They have that in them. Can they do it again?" And tonight, the answer was no. And look, the Avs have a three-game series left. It's a best of three with two at home for Colorado. You don't love it, but the Avs are still in the driver's seat of this series. Uh, I mean, it's two-two. You have home ice from here, yeah. which has mattered not at all in this postseason. Not so it wrong. almost makes you feel cursed. <laughs> with everything going on with Nchushkin right now, you feel like the season is cursed anyway, and maybe it's just easier to get it. The nihilist in me is like, just end it. The season <laughs> sucks. I hate everything. It's the worst thing in the world. The realist in me is like, Colorado's still the better team. In a best of three, I still pick them. Uh, they're, they're in good company in the West also. Edmonton, LA, 2-2. Yeah. Dallas, Minnesota. 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, and it, so it doesn't look like there's going to be a punishment, if you will, for their series going at Everyone's least going long, yeah. All the others. Well, and the one you truly care about is, is Dallas, Dallas, Minnesota. Minnesota sure. It's going at least six. That series has every single hallmark of a seven-game series. Yep. It really does. Uh, all right, we got some super chats here, and then we'll get our final Oh, my thoughts. gosh, we do. $20 from the incredible Drew, who says, mandatory media availability for the <laughs> yeah. clowns and stripes. Let everything go in the third and then call that effing cowards. I need to go break something. <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, I there are parts of that. I, I The public accountability is a big thing for me. Of I course. Just think that 
I, and I've been on that pedestal and, for a really long time. Just to reiterate, I do think the refs were terrible tonight. <laughs> yeah. Equally bad for both teams. Yeah. There was no bias. It's just they're bad at their jobs. Yeah. I just, it's tough. You ask for consistency in a playoff game yep. and you just didn't get it tonight. Yep. So much so that there were players taking advantage of the fact that they knew they weren't going to get called Chris for doing things. Tanev. Brandon Tanev. I know, was I got the mixed up one time. doing whatever yeah. he wanted. On yeah, the last, if you go back, if you want a good chuckle, go back and watch the last 15 seconds of regulation. Yep. And watch as Nathan McKinnon goes to the corner. Brandon Tanev finds him, marks him, and just steps in front of him and pushes him up against the wall. <laughs> the puck is nowhere near them, by the way. Because he knows he can just continue to do this. Yep. And there were multiple times uh, the JT Comfer, when JT Comfer's flying up the boards yep. and he doesn't have the puck and neither guy has the puck. Dumps and, in and he Comfer tries to go around. Yeah, and, and, and he's uh, he's very clearly got him beat wide and yep. he just gets run into the wall. Yep. And you're just like, what are we doing here? But, okay, it's fine. I mean, I'm just... I I hate complaining about officiating. Oh, me too. The thing the thing I I don't want to when I complain about it my complaint is it was bad. Yes. Not not it's bias. This yeah, greatly exactly. favored one team Correct. or another this or it was this or that or the whatever. Avs right. The game. The yeah. Avs lost. It's, the Avs yes. the game. Yes. The Avs did plenty of of their own Exactly. Tonight. It was just very very uh, frustrating to watch rampant interference and then watch Seattle get credited for this great neutral zone. Yeah. Yeah, your system is cheating. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Uh, 279 from John, who says, sorry to say it, Seattle in six, Avs blew it. I hope you keep the same energy if the Avs win in six, bud. Yeah, uh, you should have kept that 279. Can we send it back to him? And he can put money on it at DraftKings. Yep, there you go. And then you can actually celebrate. If You can actually make some money instead of just giving us $1.50 in American. (laughs) $10 from Melanie, who says, statistically, Avs don't play well on April 24th. I was hoping they would start breaking that trend. We know they can, but it's up to them to do the work. Best of three, go Avalanche onward. What did they do on April 24th? Yeah, I don't, don't want to know. I just... Oh, I bet you. I bet you that's the game in Winnipeg. In Winnipeg? Yeah, at the end of last year. What Did the last year go that long? I guess it did. It did. Yeah, because yeah, remember, I came home at the end of April. Yeah. Wow. All right. I that's mean... why free agency was July 13th. <laughs> Right. Anyway, move on. Anyway, thank you for the yep. 10, Melanie. Uh, baseball stats are made up, so it's fine. True. All stats are made up. In, in some ways. $20 from Greg. Just got to be ready for that first puck drop. We know they're capable of scraping out wins, but we also know they don't have to and can just mm. torch Seattle. Just come out Wednesday from the drop and do the thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I think AJ put it well. If they come out from, from puck drop and they get beat, Seattle's just better. Yeah. Yep. I don't think that will happen if they come out from puck drop and play well. But uh, For what it's worth, I think whoever wins game five wins this series. I agree with that. Uh, we have $5 from Sammy, who looks like didn't say anything, but we appreciate you. Oh, oh, he had another one. Thank you very much. Uh, number one vital factor now for Avs to win this series. Win. Uh, I still think I still think the number one thing is um, I, I, given how this series has gone, playing from ahead, playing with the lead. That's fair because we've seen the Avs shut them down hard when doing that. Yep. Um, I'm, and I'm willing to bend 19 bad seconds. Well, 
Hey. Because process-wise, they were so dominant in game three outside of that 19 seconds. The Avs are 0 for 4 in getting the first lead of the game in yeah. this series. And they're 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, Exactly. Great way to put it. If you can get the, if you can get the, I think, I think vital, most vital, number one vital thing for the moving forward is, uh, just that, just jump on a good start, set to set the set the tone on the other foot. Yeah. Stop chasing the game. They've changed. They've chased make, all four make games. Them chase you. Yep. Yeah. Stop chasing the game. Uh, $5 from the Schick, who says, a tough loss tonight, but we still are in control of the series. Nothing but positive vibes, people. We got this. Oh, my God. That's Kale McCarr's girlfriend? She's adorable. <laughs> uh, Sorry, this is like a world that is totally foreign to me. I, just, I don't know anything about this. And then finally, $5 from Vaguely Sober, who says, everything is fine. We're all fine here now. How are you? Uh, you know... If the abs could stop shooting like stormtroopers, that'd be cool. <laughs> I'd be I'd be here for that. Hit their targets a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts. I I can go first, I guess, Megan. I think I think you said it. AJ has kind of said it in a different way. The abs need to stop chasing the game, not just on the yeah. scoreboard, but in their own defensive zone. Yeah. Get out in front of it a little bit. If they do that. I have confidence in this hockey team. They have the oh. same rosy cheeks. This is so funny. Are we good to get out of here? Yes. Good, good. It's so All right. Late. We're going home. We're going to go make a ton more content for you. AJ's going to pass out from laughter. We will be live tomorrow discussing so other playoff series oh. and probably a little, we might get into a little bit of Eagles too. We'll see. They Don't kind of have some started. playoffs. We'll, we'll save a segment for you. Oh my gosh. Uh, we so appreciate cute. all of y'all hanging out with us, even when the abs lose. And we will talk to you on the next one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.